what's up everybody uh been a long time it is now time for the fn story the return and i couldn't be more excited to have a wonderful person in the space uh 50 what's going on man hey everyone what's good um so i would say i know what you do but i truly don't like i have an idea but i feel like you do a lot of random stuff so you mind like just giving people a quick give me your elevator pitch like what, what goes on in 50s life yeah so it's weird because i'm the same way when people ask what i do i'm like oh man like here, here's a whole mla cited paragraph but um yeah so officially i'm you know a manager like in what that encapsulates is i work with all these players on you know being the best competitive players they can be one uh two i help them all like with their just build up their brands and scaling it uh and then Additionally, like outside of esports, I run campaigns for a lot of different like media companies. So Sony, OVO, um, basically any and all record labels that want to enter the gaming space through campaigns and anything additional uh, I help out with. And then, you know, on, on the side, kind of when you're in the esports space and in a position like I am, you kind of have to be like a, <laughs> a therapist, manager, friend, everything in between and, and just be a support staff for, for these guys as well. Because, I mean, these are young kids. So you really have to guide them down the right path. And you've been doing that for a while now. I mean, for the long, at, at least from what I know, it's been like three solid years of doing it. Yeah. And I'm sure there was stuff before that, that I don't remember, don't even know about. Uh, one quick thing before we get into all the gaming stuff, you said you run like media campaigns. Yeah. So was that something you were doing before this? Like, is that kind of something you picked up along the way? Uh, so it was uh, weirdly enough. I, I got super lucky in my career. Like I in, in 2019, like when Fortnite, like or I, I should even say late 2018, like Fortnite became a real powerhouse in terms of like social views and impressions. I was just the guy that knew everyone. So out of nowhere, it kind of just became a, a de facto thing where brands would be like, "Oh, this guy looks connected. Like, let me send him a message, see what's good." And I'll be like, "Oh, I love helping people." So I just you know give them some free work, and they're like. You know what, man? You want some money? I'm like, hey, like it's, it's uh, who, who doesn't love some money? So yeah, like Fortnite actually helped me get to that point. Um, my philosophy with gaming has always been like, once you make it in gaming, you want to start branching out, and that was kind of my thing. Is like, I saw an opportunity to leverage my connections and leverage my talent to, you know expand out of the space into all these different hobbies and crafts that i love like you know music sports and fashion and, and i took it that's kind of awesome i'm <laughs> jealous that's cool i um hope to continue to see that happen especially because um i'm someone that works in the space and the more people like you that are bringing brands and money into the space the better it is for everyone so keep doing that um changing gears real quick you have had a ton of success as a manager and i feel like it goes unnoticed yet the players that you work with definitely only have good things to say about you except maybe there's some that i just don't know about but like the high profile ones the the championship teams that you've been a part of have all been kind of fr front facing I, I even see day and miro still say good things about you whenever something comes up so it's cool to hear that what made you want to like become a manager especially in Fortnite, because this is such a young game there's a lot of nonsense that goes on a lot of bullshit frankly yeah. that you probably have to deal with like why did you even decide to follow this path 
so weirdly enough, this actually like locked 50 lore, but unlock it for you. So in, in 2017, um, I was in H1Z1, uh, like, you know, battle royale genre grandfather, let's call it. And um, H1Z1 Pro League's coming out and I, I'm broke. Like, I'm only 20 years old. That's something not a lot of people know. Like, I was a lot more hidden about my age back, uh, way back. Never lied about it, but was just hidden and approached uh, or held myself to a higher standard. But, like, 2017, I was uh, 14, 15 years old. And I was like, hey, I can't move to Las Vegas for this H1Z1 Pro League. So I had this old org owner. Uh, his name was Anthony Marquez on, on this organization called Impact Gaming. And he was like, hey, there's this cartoon game called fortnite it's gonna grow as you grow i'm like hell no i don't want to use that. that game looks terrible i do not want to play this game like like nah you're, you're our battle royale like specialist man you gotta i'm like sitting there i'm like oh my goodness so quite literally you can stat check this first ever official fortnite competitive team was founded and run by myself uh this guy named inc at impact gaming consisted of winter uh vape jesus jamok and later on pain so first ever team. Um, At 14, so, 15 years old. Yeah, 14, 15 years old. Okay. Yes. And this one, esports was not accessible for 14, 15 year olds. It was like, if you were under, I wouldn't even say 18. If you were under like 20, 21, you were like, what, what the hell is this kid? Go to school. Like, um, but yeah, so I just took it there. Um, H1Z1 was just dwindling. Pro League was a mess. And I'm like, oh, I'm, this game's kind of fire. Like, uh, I enjoy it. So. Um, I couldn't afford a PC, so I was off a laptop and in H1 I did the same thing. I did coding, like use backend APIs to like <laughs> I had like a, a zone prediction metric and, and stuff like that in H1. And I'm like, I like let me let me try to bring this to Fortnite. So in, in January of uh, 2018, I made I made the full transition uh over to Fortnite and I just ran with it because I've always believed in stability. Um prior to esports, I was like in sports and basketball pretty heavy and um i really have always been driven by like my competitive nature and i was like okay like i'm not good enough to be a player like let's not be mistaken i do not have what it takes i i'm 14 15 years old like and i don't got the genetics like it's just that simple i didn't own the equipment i'm like all right like i love to do this i fell in love with this game called league of legends too like and just seeing like the world's atmosphere and this culture being built and i fell in love with like telling stories and building culture. And I was like, all right, management's the way to do that. So that's cool. It's cool. The, especially at such a young age to be able to do that. Um, I, I guess you don't have some of the growing pains. I, I w would say <laughs> because you are the age of the people you're probably trying to manage. And I mean, Jeremiah probably was older than you at the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, it it's just it's funny to hear and also i never had any idea how old you were you definitely hold yourself to be older than you you are um yeah. and that's a good thing but it's also crazy to me that you're only 20 years old yeah it's um even well this is the thing like when i started fortnite it was all the ex-paragon players and so i don't even think they were under 18 the majority of them were over 18 i, I was age 15 and uh, even on Impact, so when Fortnite started blowing up, uh, we won the first ever like scrim league, which was uh, Step One Scrims. Yeah, and we were the number one team, and we like doubled second place's points. But um, all of the players on my team were, I think, in their twenties, and so Tempo Storm wanted to buy out everyone but me. 
<laughs> and they're like, no, <laughs> we can't. No, if you, we're not going unless you buy out 50. So like I, that one was the first time I'm like, oh, I owe like, I owe my career to like people like that. And I've always like being someone who is so young, I have so many different people who saw me and, and like lifted me up with them and, and taught me and guided me. And that's why like, I, I try to pay it forward. Um, but yeah, it, even to this day, like at 20, I still work with people that are like a lot older than me. So it doesn't change, man. I mean, mm-hmm. being someone I'm 28, I've worked with people, my best friend at a office place was like 55 and it's just <laughs> you know some people are are awesome some people suck it's yeah. a matter of like who you, who you get along with and who you are to choose who those people are that you get along with so all right so you started with impact and then it sounds like you went tempo storm yeah and then what was in between there there was an extra trip in there there's a tna trip in there yeah so between so i want to say i left tempo storm actually like after like two months, three months. Um, and it was, that's when Epic started like supporting competitive. So like power to myth, like myth did everything. Like he, he created the discord initially. Uh, it was called, it was actually just called stream snipes. And like, I, I started getting more of a role in like community management. And I realized very early on, Epic was not supporting organizations. <laughs> I realized that very early on. And I was like, they do not need orgs. I think this is the first esport history where orgs like do not enter. And I was like, oh my goodness, like someone needs to like come in and bring the structure. So uh what ended up happening was uh myself, Crowdot Wave, and Jamok ran the like huge, huge pro discord that um really like blew up Fortnite. And that's kind of, I left Tempo to do that and like kind of work with the talent independently on, hey, you're a Fortnite player, let's have you stream and have you do this like YouTube strategy to grow out your brand. And like, um, because I was the one, uh, I was basically the manager running all the pro scrims and everything like that. I'd have organizations like Energy, 100 Thieves, Luminosity Gaming, and um, basically the entire 2018 era, if you were signed to an organization, I would get a message from the org owner, the COO, whoever it may be. Hey, who should I sign? And I would give them, I kept stats on the back end. Here are the stats. Here are our top teams. Here are our top performers. These are the guys you should go after. Um, and I love doing it. So for the entirety of, I guess, 2018 um, through the end of it, that was generally what I did. Okay. So first couple of years, you're kind of just doing your own thing, like yeah. bare, barely old enough to be a manager, but learning how to be a manager <laughs> along the way. And then you're running scrims. Um, and then we go into like the biggest year of Fortnite's career in 2019 yeah. with the World Cup. And yeah. how do you transition to kind of running scrims to becoming a manager? Because I would imagine it happened during 2019. Well, no, it happened in 2018 still. Because I mean, the tempo. Um, oh, I I kind of skipped over a whole part. So throughout all this, I was coaching too. So, like, I was coaching all these, like, players. Um, I coached, like, Vape Jesus. Like, basically, ev- like, every player that was in the skirmishes would sit down and I'd have a VOD review with, like, sometime or the next. So, um, there was just a lack of understanding of core Battle Royale concepts and just the fundamentals. And, like I said, I came from H1Z1, and I was a, I was a coach and manager there, too. So, it was just like, hey, here, I'll help you out. Uh, but yeah, so I was doing like independent coaching while all that uh, happened. And then 
in late 2018, um, I couldn't go to PAX because I actually got a, uh, I lost <laughs> with, with Fortnite at its like peak for competitive. We had like King Richard, Ninja, all these different guys in it. I actually got doxxed and swatted at the airport um, in before PAX West. So I didn't go to PAX. I actually stepped down from my pro uh, Discord responsibilities, but then I actually switched to more like BTS work with organizations at that point. Because uh, I was very much so in the public eye. That's when we were doing like scrim Q snipes and you could hear three, two, one Q. Like that's my voice. Like it, we literally coded my voice into the bots too. Like, um, but yeah, so like I joined RBK uh, in late 2018 uh, for TwitchCon. I actually competed at TwitchCon as well. And then um, I started working with, I think this when I started taking it more serious, I guess, and seeing it more of a career. Uh, Elevate and Cease uh, were the first team like, I really, really like, I'd say work with and like helped with all the managerial things. Um, and then that was my first ever land win in Fortnite. I won a bunch in H1Z1 and then I won a bunch of skirmish uh, weeks as well. I think I won like four skirmish weeks. But like as a land win, that was my first uh, WSOE 3 Fortnite. I think it was in uh, Huntington Beach, California. Um, but yeah, so 2019 hits and I'm like, Fortnite World Cup announcement, 100 million. I'm sweating, man. I'm like sitting there. I'm like, oh my goodness gracious. Like what the hell just happened? And I still like, I got my first PC then. And I'm like, yo, let me try to get some money here too. Like try to qualify. And um, what ended up happening was I actually didn't end up like doing anything too crazy in, in the peak of Fortnite. Like that's actually, I'd say when I had the lease because that was my um, senior year of high school and or sorry my junior year of high school and i was like oh i can't really do much um like organization wise because all these orgs were starting to like relocate their managers and that's when i think the esports boom like really started right so i was in talks with like you know all these big orgs hundred thieves sly quest liquid how old are you i'll call us when you're 18 man like <laughs> and i'm like oh yeah no it's, it's not looking good so I went really grassroots and then uh, me and my old friend, um, his name was Floris. We started this like collective called Bloom um, and Bloom was like a West friend group. And the way it actually started was I used to go undercover on uh, alts on FNPL. I'd create an alt account, alt discord, and I'd act like no, or, well, no one knew who I was because uh, I was a manager. I didn't want to like get into pro scrims just because I had connections. So like to play, I'm a firm believer. If you're a coach of the game, you still have to play it or understand it at a high level. Right. So I would play and I met uh, I met him and then we started playing FNPL together. And then we founded this team and put like these two guys named Peace and Persecute together on it. Um, started doing well in pro scrims. I stepped down, he stepped down. And then one of them, like, I think they watched a video with like the Q snipes because they used to post it. Hear the Q pop. They're like, the hell? That's, that's uh, my alt account. Uh, it was just orange. Like that was just like the fruit. I was just like, saw one next to me like that's orange like it's just me and yeah so we started up this brand or collective how you want to call it and we created like this uh, kind of the system where unknown players that weren't even in pro discord would come to us we'd help them refine their gameplay mentality their brands and then they'd come out the other side like being signed to tier one organizations so we had uh river Sun, uh peace persecute uh falconer um a bunch of scented all a part of that in uh really i'd say early 2019 uh, and harry as well 
Yeah, I remember those days. The yeah. the bloom days were yep. interesting. Um and a good group of players. So I, I have to ask you, like you're what, seventeen at this point? Yeah. How are you mature enough to like even think about these things and then be mature enough to present them to a way that helped these people because by no means like Falconer got signed to uh, 100 thieves, like Riverson got, got a deal sent it obviously is super successful. Mm -hmm. How are you able to, as such a young kid, have this kind of foresight and understanding of a space that really has no blueprint? Yeah. So I think number one was you understand you're not the smartest <laughs> and people are trying to screw you over. So that's the number one thing I realized. I'm like, oh, people are coming to me rather than their agents because they can take advantage of me. So like shout out to a lot of people like Chris over at Evolved, um, you know, JJ. Like there was a lot of people that I went, I'm like, guys, I'm smart. I'm not a lawyer. Like we need to read these contracts over. Like, and these guys would do it for free because they, you know, I their philosophy was like, ah, you know, I'd help them get some more clients, but still like legal fees cost a lot. Yeah. But my entire thing was like, I mean, everyone hit me up because I, I was one of the few people like covering everything. And it was just like, okay, if you have similar mindsets, like there's orgs where I knew like they're cash grab orgs, you get in, you get out, you're not really going to get much from them. And then there's other ones that like, you're going to get less of a salary, but they'll support you more and more and more. Um, so that's kind of like where I saw it. like, okay, we need to create these like good symbiotic like matches. And um, yeah, like, I don't know. I come from a, like a really, really like Indian family, as you can imagine. So like, for me, it was like, you need to, if you don't have something by the time you graduate high school, like it's done, like you're done. And so for me, I'm like, I, like, I need to, playing's not stable, managing i mean nothing in esports is stable but at least managing you can have like you're, you're on payroll so you have monthly income um as you know a baseline but yeah that's kind of just how i saw it. it's like i saw i grew up in the generation where i got like half of like no internet and then half of it was like oh youtube's blown up and so and vine's blown up and i realized i'm like oh everything online is measured by views and impressions so let's get these views and impressions going so at, at a young age, you just, it just kind of clicked for you, I guess, is how, how it sounds. And eventually you've turned it into like repeatable successes because it's not just those the Bloom group that happened. It's later mm -hmm. on as well. Um, you mentioned some. You're from a very Indian family. What the hell did your parents think about all this? Like, it can't <laughs> be very easy going to like no. strict parents be like, I want to sit on my computer and not even play video games, but like talk to the people that are playing the video games and kind of help run them. Like, how does that work? Yeah, it was it was not fun, man. Like, it was. I mean, I was like a really good student before this gaming stuff. Like, I'll be honest. Like, I will tell every single kid, do not take the path I take. Do not all in gaming. Like, this was, it was stressful, man. But um, yeah, it was like, we moved from Canada where I was a perfect student. I was, you know, like above my age level in sports, like even being recruited. I was chess, like mathletics, like I was a god kid. And then I come, I find League of Legends and it's just like, done. It's done. It's like, oh my goodness. So, I mean, they, uh, they definitely didn't like it at first. I mean, credit to my dad though. Um, he came to my first ever land with me in 2017 at DreamHack Atlanta. But 
I, I think any parent would be like, what the hell? Like genuinely, what the hell? Um, and so, yeah, even now it's like still, I'm not making like a crazy amount, but like they see the the upside and now like it's shifted from, oh, why are you doing this to like, why aren't you Booga? Like what is going <laughs> on? What's, he's your age. Like what's separating you from Booga right now? So it's, um, I don't know that they're great people. My dad actually switched like a lot more to the digital space and, you know, with the crypto emergence two years ago too. Uh, he works in finance. So it's like, you can imagine there's a lot of overlap and he's like seen the uh, error in his past ways, but it's still like, hey man, college is right here. Like if you want it, college is right here for you. So, Yeah, that's funny because my parents kind of had like a similar view of it when I was younger. Yeah. I was just playing video games, like game battles, playing competitively, but I was always too young to like actually play Call of Duty. I wasn't even supposed to be playing it because it's rated R. I'm like 15 years old playing COD, just like any 15 year old. Um, and my parents would always yell at me, fair, fair to them because I was playing too many video games. And then as I started like going along in this space, it's like, all right, that's cool. But you know, you got, you got to make sure you keep your real job. Don't, don't lose your yeah. real job. So that way you, you could do all this. And then like, I really do believe that it changes people's perspective. Once you start actually making money from it, mm -hmm. it's like one thing to be following a passion. And then it's a whole nother thing to show one to yourself. Cause that's huge that like you can realize, Oh, this actually can be a career, but then also to like the people that kind of support you and are around you in your life that, Oh, okay. This is a viable career path. And, Maybe I don't know what the hell is going on, but I I'm here for it just because this is something that you like. And um, yeah, that's how I've kind of seen my own parents go about it is yeah. they've been not as supportive up front, but more like, dude, you need to make sure you, you take care of your shit, not playing video games all day. And yeah. then like you show them that this is also something and then they become much more supportive. So this is like, what's hilarious to me is like i had the worst timing i think in career history because i couldn't play skirmishes because i was i was literally like i think one day too young i remember i got the invite and i was like oh my god like reddit mods were getting the invite i'm like oh my god i'm gonna make 2000 i'm still on a laptop i'm shaking i'm like oh my goodness gracious like i'm gonna make some money like and then they're like oh you're too young i'm like oh my god so my parents would hear me screaming at like the middle of the night like and even then i was working with like i worked like with vivid during like when he won like consecutive like i think it was like five consecutively um and like snood and like symphony and i, I worked with all these guys and you'd hear me screaming they're like they come in they like i used to stream on my laptop because it was just it was basically watch parties before watch parties and then you just see like my dad just open the door you make money nope close the do damn door <laughs> it's like why are you yelling i'm like all oh, my friends made money what are you gonna start i'm like oh my goodness gracious I didn't make a dollar from esports until 2020. So for the for P all of peak Fortnite, I didn't see a a, a morsel of, of a penny. Like I, I didn't see nothing. So I can understand their perspective. Even World Cup World Cup was the worst because it was I think it was Sunday nights too. Um, it was like when people were decided, and I'd be yelling the day before I had school. Even though it was during the summer, I'd be yelling. Uh, cause I did summer school too. And 
oh my god like falconer called and falconer was someone like not a lot of people expected a call barkram was like god and i remember our entire discord was yelling i was screaming my parents opened up oh my god we made a hundred thousand dollars they start cheering you made a hundred thousand i'm like <laughs> nah i didn't i did not make i'm so sorry so yeah i like i think when it first really hit them is actually when i started playing um I peaked top 50 PR, like nothing crazy, but this is when like prize pools were inflated. So like I was bringing on like, you know, like 2000 a week during my prime. And like, that was like, it's like, I, and then the third parties, like uh, there's literally an ongoing joke. It's cause I'm broke. Like it's an ongoing joke. Anytime there's a third party, like pro-am or anything like that, I turn into boom. Like it's just, it, <laughs> it's a thing that happens. I've like around, I think 50 K now in third party earnings. Um, but like even the Samsung tournament most recently, like Pilkey and Epic Whale were playing, like they needed one non-pro. I'm I'm what I'm the best probably non-pro in my opinion, uh, to play these things. Pilkey's internet goes off, Epic needs a sub for one game, I fill in for one game, we win the game. Like that's just how it is. Like so yeah, when when I started bringing the player money and then um also at ShopRite when I was working with like reverse and scoped in them, I'd have like little kids coming up, yo, you that dude from a stream. My mom would just be like like she saw an alien she's like what the hell is happening <laughs> like who are these little kids coming up i'm like oh yeah to meet you and, uh, yeah so like they've definitely uh, i think shifted now i think they just want to see me make money because i'm probably anyone that knows me is i'm probably the worst bag chaser in human history i always like i i never go for money it's probably my worst trait some would always like almost say it's my best trait but definitely my worst trait never go for money uh so that's what they're waiting on right now Give it time. I, I mean, you're 20 years old. Esports is pretty much still in startup <laughs> mode. So it's like yeah. there's money being thrown around. But long term is hopefully where we all get to bag out and live our lives how we want to. But <laughs> yeah, for us now, like it's just trying to figure it out, stay alive, stay afloat. Or at least that's how I look at it. Just doing something <laughs> I like doing rather than sitting at, in an office and fucking off. Yeah. Um, anyway. Now you've got, we've gone World Cup. Um, I want to talk about. Was there an order before? There was extra before TNA, or was that after? No, no. Uh, I wasn't on extra actually. I just helped. It was endless after TNA. Endless. That's it. Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm thinking about. But let's go TNA because that's like mm -hmm. one of the I think the cooler stories, right? Mm -hmm. I've heard Miro talk about it at times. I've heard Reverse talk about it. Day's not as much of a talker, but um, yeah. You know, those guys have all kind of told the story of how you brought them together. And I think you've mm -hmm. told it a couple of times, but mm -hmm. can you share that with people? Like, how does that all come to be? How do you even become part of TNA <laughs> and like walk us through that? Yeah. So this, I graduated 2020. Um, so for me, I graduated COVID year and it's crazy to think like one year after World Cup was COVID year, but yeah. So for me, it was like make or break in that moment because I still didn't get a dollar from um, from gaming. And then I kind of got the COVID buffer of like, hey, we don't want to spend 40 to 100K, you know, a year for you to go to college and for it to be remote. Um, so I kind of saw like chapter two Fortnite, I kind of saw the initial signs of like, okay, uh, it's kind of like we got to be experimental with, with how we operate, let's say. Um, and so TNA was in like zero follower org, basically, um, when they, they had a perverse, not me. 
um in reverse he got a like a fairly good contract like actually like paid well and i'm like yo um i actually duoed with reverse this he uh reverse dropped ninja for sane and then dropped sane for me to duo with and this is the thing about me as a player i'm good in scrims i was actually good in scrims i've won multiple ladders i have zero clutch sheen when it mattered <laughs> i would the lights were too fucking bright like it it could not happen i realized that like i would go into reverse's twitch chat and i'm sitting there i'm like you dropped ninja for this kid this is prime ninja we're talking i'm like oh hell no like i do not got what it takes so i went go from coaching reverse or sorry playing with reverse to coaching him um and reverse before i started working with him he didn't call past opens of solos then it went to uh, i think he got 34th then he got uh, i believe third and then uh then the trio announcement uh came back and i'm like Okay, I'm with TNA at this point. I'm like, this is my last stint in esports. I'm quitting gaming. If I can't do it with a startup, there's no point of me like being able to do it. Um, and that's kind of always been my philosophy. You don't need money to be successful. You just need to be like innovative. And so TNA, I was getting paid like three hundred dollars a month. Um, and they, they're like, oh, we got this house though. And I'm like, I right, like see what we can do. So you got reverse. Reverse gets a nice contract, and I start doing the old stuff I do uh, did, which. I'm like notorious for like predicting talent before they blown up. And I'm looking through these like cash cup leaderboards. And then I go through VODs of like the top teams I see like over and over. And it's usually it's the same team. One guy is like just incredible. And then the other is kind of like, eh, but they're in the same friend group. So what I used to do and you could call it fucked up, but like I kind of had like a proven like championship repertoire as insane as that is to say in Fortnite. Uh, and I'd message people like, hey, you want to try some things over here? And so I got um, Reverse. And, you know, this was when Reverse career was like kind of on the downswing. And people didn't really respect him because he's always been more of like an isolated like guy in the com. Um, and, and been more friends with like the content creator friend group. So I had to do everything. So I messaged Day and, and Mero. This one, I still had like a role in Procord. Um, I'm like, oh, you guys want to be invited to Procord? Like, you're not in it. I see your cash cup placements. Y'all should be in it. Like, oh, thank you so much, man. I'm like, yo, speaking of, though, <laughs> my friend here, he needs a team. Like, oh, what is placements? And, like, Reverse has, the, like, sneakily some of the best FNCS placements, like, most consistent um, of all time. And so they're like, oh, like, okay. And, and so I set it up. And this is the thing. Day's quiet as fuck. Reverse is quiet as fuck. And early Meryl was a toxic, like, the most toxic individual in human history so <laughs> i would sit in those calls this is how it became like even during I, I let them play i think one day on its own i'm like you could hear like a needle drop in a haystack it was insane there was nothing being communicated it didn't go so well i, I go in the next day like and i'm talking I'm, I'm like i'm an introverted guy but if i have to talk i'll talk and like let other people have out my personality so i just start joking it up like throwing out jokes left and right it goes even better and then it just became like a norm for me to be in the calls um all the while i'm coaching you know reverse and, like the dream act solos everything like that and there were so many times because fortnite players they cannot deal with adversity to save their lives the second a day of scrims go back we're breaking up we're done i would have to give pet talk after pet like it was generational to be honest these these 50 <laughs> pet talks like they need to go down in the history books but you got them recorded i wish man they're they're in a, they're in a youtube vod somewhere yeah there's got to be at least one Listen, somewhere it's become a joke at this point where my players, like, if they perform bad in the tournament, 
they either text me like after they, they're like, I got it. So they don't have to hear me speak. <laughs> they're like, listen, I'm good. I'm good. I know. Like, but yeah. So reverse day and Mero start doing really well in scrims and then really well in cash cups. Um, and like I said, I've, I managed, coached and basically worked with all these guys from nothing. Um, and then, cause it was a, a trio collective. I was under TNA at the time. I'm like, yo, come to TNA. Like I don't have money. But what I can offer you is my services. Like I can make you money in sponsorships. I can make you money off working with you, um, you know, in scaling your brands. And they loved it. They're like, oh, okay. Like at that point, it was just comm teams and clans, which you weren't getting anything from anyways. So then, you know, the rest is history. You know, uh, Reverse Day and Mero, they dominated. Uh, first uh, one, the first FNCS they played together, you know, and that was the second half of that tournament, last six games, they were landing in Narnia. Like, it was horrible, but they just were so skilled, like, fighting and tactically. Like, that's probably the championship I'm most proud of myself because it's like, that's a team of people I consider, like, my little brothers. And I found them literally zero follower Andes and turned them at a zero follower Andy org. And we just embraced it and built just something special. And TNA, I mean, became the people's team. Uh, we were beating out teams like Liquid and all these like major tier one orgs on engagement because people resonated with with our story and what we did. Um, and then actually right after the championship, I mean, as an org like that, you can't compete with tier one salaries. Um, and I actually like dipped from TNA uh, right after that as well to go to another startup because my entire thing was like, oh, I love building stuff from zero. So it was the same thing. Um, I left TNA. <laughs> so it was almost formulaic at that point. Reverse left TNA. We found an org that was willing to fund everything. We're like, shit, like, let's go. Endless. Same thing. They win their second championship. But then also on like, I always have this philosophy. I work with one player who's a nobody um, because it keeps me motivated too. So right. Tragics was like my son over at um, Endless. And then Tragics out of nowhere just becomes God himself. <laughs> Uh, and so we have, uh, I believe the full roster, it was VSP beforehand, uh, but it's still a, a rather like unknown org. And it was, uh, P God, Gabe, uh, Tragics, Day, Marrow, Reverse. Uh, that was the group. Um, and it was just like, all right, let's redo it. We redid it, worked out again. Uh, two, if you actually look at the stats, two of the fastest growing, uh, orgs in esports period, um, two of the most engaged esports in or orgs in esports period at that time, because uh, now people do like the vitality stuff with like botting and stuff. But hey, we did organic, and now it's um, there. I was like, oh, I'm still broke. Like I don't <laughs> have, I don't have anything. So I left um, VSB, and that's when I went more to the music side, and I started working with like labels, and that's where. Uh, like I said, I got a terrible philosophy. I, I'd tell people, because I, I just wanted to work, man. Like, even to this day, I just want to work. So, like, even though, like, I was generating people, like, millions, billions of views, like, man, I'll do it for free. Like, just give me it. I'll do it for free. Like, I love doing it. So, yeah, that, that's kind of what happened. And um, after Endless scammed me, I'm owed $100,000. Jesus. And keep that in, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Endless scammed me. Um, I was just like, all right, like, screw esports. Like, I've been scammed so many times. Like, I think I might be scammed the most in esports history, but like for a manager, that's bad looks. Like, this is the thing. 
I will always like take the sacrifice. Like it's almost a martyr complex at this point. Cause like all my players were getting paid and like the way the guy who's handling our books, like all oh, international, like wire transfer limits, like I can only pay so much. I'm like, Oh, pay the player. I'm fine. Pay, pay the players. I'm fine. Like, I got, I'm sitting there with my, my 2% equity thinking that buys me protection. Like, no, I get scammed like consecutively almost. So I've made between RBK, E11, TNA, um, and Endless. I joined all of these guys at zero followers. Um, within a month, I think my, my most proudest accomplishment is I've brought a championship within a month of working with every single organization I've worked with. Um, regardless of budget. And I've worked with budgets that are as low as $0. Um, it's just about finding the revenue. And I, I think those, um, I know th- those are just moments I-, I treasure. And like, everyone's like, 50, you were at the forefront of competitive Fortnite in its prime and you chose not to go tier one. I'm like, yeah, yeah. But like, you could sound pompous. I'm a firm believer. I could have done anything with money. I, I could have built energy with money. Like, those orgs, they aren't special. You're just paying top dollar for um, talent. It's just what it is, right? And I never saw, like, I never enjoyed that. Like, uh, my entire thing is, like, for an org to actually benefit, you have to be a part of these guys' stories. These guys are going to only be loyal to you if you are consistently the one that's, like, always showing out for them, even through their bad moments. You're like, Hey, like we're gonna support you, and you're you're a part of the reason why they're successful. So I never enjoyed investing top money into uh, you know leading industry leading talent. I just always thought it was like the biggest like piece of bullshit that that's come from this industry. So yeah, I don't disagree with you. I think we've seen. I mean, Sentinels right now is a great example. They have like yeah. the biggest team, the biggest players, and although they're like financial report reporting on it was kind of bullshit that like yeah. they're just gonna fall apart yeah I'm, I'm sure that ceo has millions of millions of dollars that he could throw at the org if he wants <laughs> to keep it running but that's besides the point you, you don't really just want to throw all your money at one person there's a lot more value in kind of the things you just talked about um mm-hmm. first of all i have to call you an idiot like dude yeah, what are you yeah. doing like you had an yeah. opportunity and you still do you're working with dig or where and there was a lot of success there as well so just look after yourself every once in a while please <laughs> like for me yeah. um don't because people will see that you are someone that can be taken advantage of and you will continually mm-hmm. get taken advantage of i'm sure you're much better about it now um mm-hmm. you've learned things happen <laughs> things <Uh-oh. happen>. yeah <laughs> I, I think um, yeah it's um listen I'm just an idiot. Like, we'll leave it at that. Like, I, I've i always had the worst philosophy in the world. It's like, oh, if I change who I am for someone else, that means the person screwing me over, one. No, change who you are, folks. Like, I, I, like I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be 60 years old. I'm going to be wondering where my pension and 401k went. Like, um, I never got it. Listen, like, it's just who I am. Some people in life, man, like, I'm just an idiot. Like I don't deserve money at this point. I'm just losing money. Like, but um, yeah, I think now for for me onwards, it's a, it is a lot more about like stability because I think where my mindset's changed is like I invest a lot of money into my talent, like out of pocket. Um, because if I want these guys to act like celebrities and act like professionals and treat themselves to this like 
higher status, I, I, they gotta feel like it. So, listen, at dinners, man, this dude Acorn for, I, I took him this nice rooftop panoramic views of downtown Dallas at sunset, beautiful. Minimum of two hundred and fifty dollars per person, right? And that's coming out of my own pocket. Now I'm broke. Like, don't get it twisted. I'm broke. Like, you can't be that. But I saved up just for dinners, uh, like bro. I saved up just enough from sponsorships. I ran a really, really, really great. I think who was it? It was a Taco Bell campaign, and I was like, I was feeling good. I was like, oh yo, everyone eats. This dude Acorn. Do you guys have never been? Well, even myself included. Like, we had one. Like one person, his name was Calvin. He was our videographer shooting Acorns announcement. And he was leaving to the airport right after. So he had luggage. He was a two-day trip. So he had full full pants and full sleeves. It was a jacket, long pants type of place. So everyone pulls up in shorts, first off. <laughs> so we, we go into this dude's luggage. We're pulling up like short or like long pants. like, And we're distributing around. I'm the odd man out because I'm double XL. Like nothing's fitting on me. So I go to like, I think it was a Goodwill or something. I was going somewhere. Like clothes. I take a 30 minute trip to Target, come back, like their appetizer stuff gone out. I'm like, oh great, like I can eat. I found out Acorns used my budget. He's bought a lobster, a steak, <laughs> a pasta. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, I didn't even eat. I didn't even eat. I'm like, I hope you're enjoying it. But yeah, like all that to say, I'm a generational bag fumbler. Like I will <laughs> never, I will never, you will never see me with money. It's, it's a curse at this point. Right, you're hanging out with some of the richest people in Fortnite too, and you're paying. Listen, Booga made me, my man. You got it. Booga is back, bro. Listen, I go up to Booga with, with with dinner with Booga, Duke, and Piga. It's not even on. They invited me. They invited me. I left my wallet in the car. I'm sitting there looking at. Are you? You left it where? <laughs> you left your wallet where? I got, I got a rib. Like I didn't get nothing. They, they were getting steaks. They were getting. I got short rib. Like sitting here looking three ninety two. Like oh hell no, make me pay magically. If, oh no, it was in my pocket the whole time. I was done. I was <laughs> I was done. But yeah, man. They listen. It, if any of them are reading this. We have like an ongoing tap. This is the thing. I never make them pay me back because like it just becomes a hassle. Yeah. But like, pick up a meal, man. Pick up. They, they got to start picking up some meals for me. Just one time, you know. At just least one time. like one time a piece. Kind of get get your boy fifty back for all the hard That's work he's done. Um, yeah. I I do want to talk more about the players you're currently working with. Yeah. Uh, it's is it mostly Kanata and Agers, or is that just like mm-hmm. the? Yeah. Forefront? So it's. It's um well P God's like back. Um so it's Kanada, Acorn, uh Agers, um okay. and, and P God uh right now. Um Kanada is probably like my crown jewel right now. Like he's just he's incredible. Like he's very polarizing. Like you either love him or hate him, and there's generally no in between. Um but I started working with him, I'm not gonna lie, at the invitational, I see uh, Cubex. I'm like, what the hell? Like, what is going on? <laughs> and I, I see, if you remember, they had that sharpied out. They had that sharpied out. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, what the, what is this org? Like, what is going on? Right after DreamHack Atlanta, and it was the most unbelievable, in my years of, of working with organizations, the most unbelievable thing I've ever witnessed. Cubex Gaming, 12-year-old kid. Yo, yo, yo. 
go 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 start tapping like Kanata's in the middle of Dreamhack solos. Go start tapping on his shoulder and L dancing in the middle of the tournament, recording the video. And I'm like, what? Your own org, you're in the finals of a tournament. Your own org is just sabotage. Like I could not. So at that point, I'm like, can I kind of ask me? He's like, bro, please, please help. <laughs> Security, like anything, please. Like I, like let, let me let me try to work with you. And going into, uh, I mean, there was nothing for the end of that year. I got COVID. I somehow get COVID every time. I don't know. I got COVID. January comes around. And I was like, yo, can we can we work together? I'm like fuck yeah we go to, yeah let's get you going and so um he was kind of like i mean I, i've no, i think kanan is the best person in front of a camera in the entire fortnite com um i would agree i think he does not he's not afraid to be embarrassed so he's down for anything so even while he was banned on twitch and i mean competitive players don't really provide value anymore like just being strictly competitive i'm like shit like dig you need to sign this guy regardless of everything like you need to sign this guy um, so we kind of had our, our February, um, at, at Dig was crazy. We had Buga and Kanata, which is like literally the Fortnite goats, like, um, both joined the org, but then it was like, how the hell can we get this guy unbanned? So, but our first week, um, cause Kanata's a notorious grand choker, notorious. I mean, our first, um, week with him signed, he gets second, which was his best placement, um, ever. And then... You know, kind of that downswing in the middle of the year. The Valorant demons, they get to everyone. They do get to everyone. And then, you know, um, for this FNCS, I'm not going to lie, getting on a band on Twitch, this dude, he, he, he shapeshifted into a different player. He's like, oh, I need to win grands. It's, I can't do anything but win grands on stream. And so he just, that's all the motivation he needed. So, um, yeah, I've been working with him and, you know, just like, for example, like the TikTok strategy we've been implementing for him, we've 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 had him get, I believe it was like 16 million uh TikTok views just in one week. Wow. Um, so it was just like we his his videos and his content, it speaks for itself. I'm not gonna act like I'm doing anything special. His personality is the easiest to work with in Fortnite, but him, um Adrian's I'm more proud of is like very mellow, monotone guy. But like even he's getting content out and it's and it's performing really well. And we're doing like scheduling kind of like these content events like the jeff and canada like you know content stuff and then even like last week we had like the agers dropping canada um and then it was like who was it canada and poyo versus agers and yamzo like who would do better and like just creating these storylines because that's ultimately my opinion what fortnite's missing is these storylines for viewers to track and everything like that so just these content storylines during the off season just to you know have some fun so yeah, uh, for those guys, it's been great. And then P God, it's just like getting them back on track um, competitively because the Spanish community, they're missing someone, to be honest. Like Chelty, Alige, these guys aren't top players like they used to be. Uh, same with P God. And so it's like, okay, I think now is the window of oppor like opportunity for any Spanish player if they start streaming in Spanish and they're consistently making grands, you can just blow up. Uh, but for him, we've gotten his viewership um, packed to like the two, like to 4,000. So it's been um, super rewarding. And I think, you know, this next step for me, I think the most bittersweet thing of my job is like, I make well-oiled machines. I don't want people to be dependent on me. Like my entire thing is like, once I've done my job, you don't need me anymore. Like you really don't. Like I'll bring you sponsorships and everything like that, but your entire brand should be working by itself. Um, I'm just a piece of that. And for me, I've realized for the first time in my career, I, I want to step out from behind the scenes. Um, 
because I've always been the person holding the camera and I, I want to be the narrator now because um, I feel like I have a lot more perspective and um, I've been in the scene. I'm genuinely the longest active member of, of the competitive Fortnite community. Like I've been here since before Monster. That's like crazy to say. Uh, and, you know, everyone jokes around, even like Booga jokes around. He's like, you might, you might be like the most unsuccessful person that's still here from. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I might be. But at the end of the day, like, I quantify how like how much I've done by the people I've helped. And I can say I've made over 50 people. I've created like generational wealth for 10 of them. I've created, you know, a sustainable career over six figures a year for the other 40. And, you know, I've never been one to toot my own horn. That's my biggest pet peeve in life with these org managers and these, oh my God, and these agents, these Fortnite agents. Thanks at client. Like, oh yeah, we're doing it. We, what have you done? Like, I've never done that. Like, it's like, if my talent wants to speak good on me, they can speak good on me. Like, I am not going to be the one just putting what I've done out. And yet again, it's flawed for philosophy because if I don't say what I'm doing, no one will know. But still, I just, I don't feel comfortable doing that. But yeah, I want to start making more of a brand um, for myself, whether it be through you know, podcasts like this or, you know, just tweeting more because I've forced myself to tweet once a day. I'm tweeting out with gibberish now, to be honest, which you just to <laughs> get stuff out. But um, yeah, I, I've genuinely been the only one from that 2017 group who's still here. And I, I do get a bit of like survivor's guilt from it almost. Like I don't, <laughs> I, as cliche as it sounds, I don't remember the people I've helped I remember the people I've failed, if that makes sense. And that's kind of like what I've carried with me to this point, because this is people's dreams. And my entire thing is like, I want to be able to help you achieve your dreams. And I think it's really, everyone romanticizes like, you know, the journey, but people don't make it. That's, that's the reality. Like people Most people don't, won't make it. Yeah. Yeah. Like most people don't make it. You, you have one to two, maybe years at max where you can you can all in this and my biggest fear for anyone's thinking what could have been if they put in the right time and effort but i i've been in those calls because in fortnite there's a lot of, like i mean it's a gaming space there's a lot of super like officiality and um you can't really trust people and these are young kids so you can't really like confide in anyone so i've always been you know the person that's talked with like even people i don't know of like okay what's next like let's get real here for a sec like if you're not making money and you need it or you know your past your prime like we got to find you something else to do and as much as like those things break my heart which they do those, those are conversations that need to be had but my entire thing now is like i want to prevent those conversations because i can remember um there's one person like uh e11 anthony um if you're an og of fortnite you remember he he was on one of na's best duos uh back in 2018 and he literally was like one of my best friends throughout all of it and um, I trioed with him and Zoof um, in the first ever, it was season X trios. Oh, oh yeah, I had some shit to me as an IGL. I know, I won a scrim ladder. But um, last week of World Cup, hey, 50, I'm dropping my duo for you. I'm sitting there like, you what? <laughs> like, you did what? And so Riverson, who Audrey called solos, I'm like, play with him. Like, I don't have what it takes. And um, my entire thing was like, if you play with a manager and that becomes how you're perceived, I don't give a fuck what you think about yourself. Other people are not going to want to play with you again. And he 
didn't find a good teammate after me and him broke up um, or after I quit playing competitive because of that perception. And that's always stuck with me. Um, and for now, my entire thing is like no man left behind. That's why I, I don't charge for like my services. I don't do like people can't just message me and be like, hey, like I want to work like no, like I, I work with people I care about. Like people say don't mix friendship and business, but that's what at the end of the day, like I need to have the trust in these guys where I can I can fucking yell at them and berate them if like listen, like people fucking fail. Like be fucking grateful. You have a roof over your head. Like we complain about this Fortnite shit, but like at the end of the day, we're gonna do what we love at a young age and have all these experiences like traveling to Singapore, Sweden, Saudi, Copenhagen. Be grateful, make the most of it. And like, live your life, man. Like it, it's, don't be stuck behind a computer because that's not what matters. Like you got to find balance and the happier you are outside of the game. Like if you take out, we all get lost on this like computer stuff. I think, I think if, if you it's remove, easy yeah, it's really easy. And it's like, you have the, and I did too. Like, I think everyone has at a certain point. And it's like, you got the needs of 50 and then you got the needs of Tarun. And it's like, if you remove gaming from who you are, who are you like you come out from behind the screen if you can't answer that you got some you know I, I think reflection to do it's the same thing like with anything competitive or like anything where you've dedicated to be your life's work and i don't know for me now like i said i figured out like the best way to help somebody is by having a brand myself so that i can change the status quo i can be truthful and honest and not have to deal with this like middleman bullshit that is esports and yeah, so that's what I'm going to be uh, working on for the future. Cool. So building your own brand, kind of creating something. Is it like you as a a personality, a creator? Or is it you starting an org? You gonna like? I don't, listen. I I do not know. I, like, I'll break it down here. Um, I'm I'm doing the documentary series stuff, of course. So for this entire like past FNCS, um, Edgy, Acorn, Panada, uh, Asers, like. That four, I have the entire um, week of brands documented. Um, mindsets, preparations, strategies, even after day one where they're freaking the fuck out. Like, <laughs> I think it's so important for like people to see the bad just as it is the good. It's just about, I, I got to show with them to make sure they're not fucking pissed at me. But that's one. Uh, I've always loved storytelling. Um, the thing that made me want to get into esports is like Team Liquid's Breaking Point. It was a League of Legends documentary. And it just showed how shitty this one coach was. That's how it was. All it was. Just toxic. And I loved it. Um, and then two, uh, I'm working more with like hands-on with my players because I don't want to see them fail. And they've like in return been a lot more public with like my relationship with them. Like, hey, 50, thank you, man. Like the first thing Kadana did after he won Grands was tag me in a tweet and like that like that warmed my heart. I almost cried, man. I'm like, I, I've been doing this shit for five years now. No one's done that shit for me, man. <laughs> no one's done. That. I just see a lot of comments like, "Oh, WF." I'm like, "Damn." And then you know, influencer work is hard because there's not many people that want to have real conversations. And Fortnite's very niche. Like, our Fortnite competitive is very niche. I should say, like, it's the bucking clicks fans. If I sit down and have a real conversation, what the hell L50 fucking dudes pushing 30 talking about Fort, like that's just gonna be the comments <laughs> like like it's just gonna be like insane so i want to like i it's about creating culture at the end of the day so 
I want to create culture. I want, I want to build my following to the point where like I can present myself as how I am. I'm professional. I'm, I speak eloquent. Like I don't have, you know, I'll throw in jokes. I don't mind throwing in jokes, but like, I don't do stuff for impressions, clicks or likes. I'm just authentically me, you know, on a, like unapologetically myself. So it's like, I think the next step is I'm going to start streaming. Like you said, I'm going to start, um, you know, posting a lot more on YouTube. I'm going to start stepping out of my comfort zone. Who knows? Maybe I'll even join you up on the casting desk one day. Who Ooh. fucking knows? But I will actually be casting an event soon. Um, but not Epic related. Okay. But um, yeah, I think that's it. And then I have a lot of aspirations outside of that with like, as I mentioned earlier, sports, music, fashion. I want to be the first person that effectively merges the three using social media as the central point. And uh, you're going to see a lot of collaborations from me in the next eight months where I'm either leading as video director or even in the content at times. Cause if you look at take content, the best take content is when I'm in it. Um, but yeah, like you'll see a lot more of that for me. And then organizations wise, like, I don't know, like if I'm going to stay with an org or take that route in the future, I think, Epic doesn't support orgs as, 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 as much as I hate to say it, like they don't. And I don't blame them because I've been scammed six times. Like it's, but they don't support orgs as a manager. You don't really get access. Like, so the only way to do it is if you're a, a creator or a streamer and I have great relationships with Epic, like Matt, like I've grown up DMing Matt, like and Matt's dealt with my bullshit. Like for, <laughs> Six years he's dealt with Lumen. I fucked up. I need you. Like I, I fucking love Matt well in my heart. But yeah, so all that, all that tangenting to say, I don't know what's next. I'm I'm trying a bunch of shit. I'm focusing on you know the group I have with me. I'm gonna find one more underrated player to work with and kind of bring up because everyone I work with won a championship now and has now got huge social brands. I can't really do shit anymore. Yeah. Other than they bring up sponsorships. keep doing it. At yeah. This it's, literally. It's like, I have their staffs on payroll. Like just got to keep doing it. Like you said, um, I don't know if I want to go start something from zero again. I don't know anything, but I'm focusing on me. I am anxious for the future because of its uncertainty, but that's what makes it exciting as well. So I don't even know if I'll be in Copenhagen. To be honest with you, we'll we'll see. Because if Lord knows if I don't get access, I'm not going to go for it. Someone's got to be giving you a plus one. You got you got a number plus, of people. Listen, plus one access is not good. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. It was it was bad last year. Oh, it Raleigh? was bad. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, I remember. Uh, was it you saying you weren't even able to get into like the player lounge? Oh, I was able to because th- there's two reasons. I can't say the reason. Well, I was Duke's parent. I was Duke's parent for the event. <laughs> and then, honestly, like, Blast and Epic just know me. Yeah. So, like, they're just kind of like, what the fuck are you doing here? And I'm like, ah. They're like, ah, fuck it. Oh, fuck you it. got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, it's like, Duke's 18, which is crazy. So, I'm, I can't be his parent. He's 18? Yeah, yeah Duke's turned 18. Bro. I so, am so old. Like these kids are not kids anymore. Yeah, bro. Victor V was born in 2011 and is a comp player. And I'm sitting here like, what? 
<laughs> like, how are you existing? Like, how are you a human being that can communicate? Like, I, it's unbelievable. But yeah, I don't have any players under the age of 18 anymore. So That's unless I find cool. out a way to get additional access, I'm, I'm sitting my ass home and doing a viewing party. I don't know. Okay. Um, yeah. Copenhagen's cool. If you do get the opportunity, aka like Kanata, Agers, Buga, f- fly you out. You guys you <laughs> should fly your boy out. Um, I like Copenhagen. Been a number of times for mm-hmm. the Blast Studio and for broadcast and stuff. It's awesome. Great city. Expensive. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Definitely expensive. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like I, I kind of want to backtrack a little bit to the players you're currently working with because mm-hmm. I think. Kanata was always an outgoing guy. It yeah. kind of he was always putting out content. I know he's working with Vanny Visuals like years ago, putting out mm-hmm. YouTube content when he wasn't able to like even stream anymore, and has been one of the more consistent players. I don't want to say consistent because they all kind of like they're consistent until they're not as far yeah. as producing content. But for me, Acorn seems like yeah. the biggest change of any of the the players that you've mentioned. Just from, like, he went from a dude with a cartoon or anime profile picture (laughs) to now, like, he is a face of Fortnite. He's streaming. Mm -hmm. He's putting his face cam on constantly in front of thousands of people. He's not afraid to be who he is. Um, And also getting to talk to him at the Olympic event, he's just a dude that wants it. Like, purely just wants to win, and that's the only thing that I feel like I got from him is I'm here to win even though – all of these excuses, I don't care. I want to win yeah. regardless. And um, I, that's from someone that doesn't really know him, just seeing him yeah. from the outside looking in. I would love to hear your perspective about it. Yeah, like Acorn's always been the most confident. I, I don't think he's arrogant. Like, he, he verges that line, but he's been the most self confident person like I've met. And for me, kind of like, <laughs> there was this book I read when I was younger. It's like, bringing out the alter or like embracing the alter ego and i tell these guys i'm like whether it be streaming whether it be playing there's this one percent of you that wants to do it and you need to just expand on it for whatever time you're doing this activity you need to bring that one percent out of you so for him it was like he wants to be i mean he wants to compete and i told him fortnite's gonna not gonna last. like competitive fortnite is not going to last unless there's a reason for it to last Unless top players like yourself are putting out content, making stuff, creating names for yourself, making it interesting for viewers to tune in. Because as the way it stands, if we had no Acorn and Kanata in the North American like landscape right now, we got Bucky and Clicks. They're not good. <laughs> like, they're Epic not doesn't good want them to be the first. Yeah, we, yeah we Epic is not pushing them. And honestly, I'm surprised Bucky hasn't gotten banned on Twitch, to be honest with you. Like... Man, that's wild yeah it's wild <laughs> but we need more positive faces and i told him like straight up like man to man i'm like listen you got two years i mean acorn just turned i think he just turned 20 um or he might be 19 it's 19 or 20 but he's got like he's one year younger than me like <laughs> you don't got that much time doing this left i mean if i i think epic personally is going to switch to more of a creative like uh environment next year um and, and focus on creative 2.0 and like alternate game modes like they've proven in the past with like the pro-ams and stuff but and i'm like listen one you're gonna make more money streaming two you're gonna get invited to more events streaming three this competitive shit is gonna it's gonna die like it, 
unless people like you make the change because our current generation of up and comers, they were brought to Fortnite by clicks or they were brought to Fortnite by non-streamers like Zate and people that didn't give a fuck because that's when Fortnite was sustainable for even without streaming, you can make money off, off of it. Right. You can't do that anymore. So the next generation, like I'd say one, two years from the line, they're going to be on Acorn, Kanata, see these top competitive players who've won FNCS on stream and they'll make an effort themselves. So he understood that he's very religious as well. And I respect it. Like I, I love him all the more for it. And he understands like the responsibility he has as a, like, a person of power in the community to do, affect change and that's why that's where the shift's been but since you moved back home acorn you gotta start streaming again brother like <laughs> he's like this dude it's literally a, a cycle we're all at the dallas house oh everyone's grinding all great schedules they come home oh it's done it's the val demons i'm telling you man the val demons they they get to everyone well it's also like these guys deserve a break they, they just they do did hardcore gaming content for three months yeah live their life in front of a camera for other people to enjoy yeah. like I, i'm okay with taking a couple weeks enjoy it and then go back to <laughs> yeah. it you're their boss not really but like, yeah you're their advisor so you figure that shit out um but it's cool to hear that those two agers or i guess three agers canada and acorn and then now also p god for the uh, spanish-speaking community mm-hmm. are understanding the position they're in and the ability they have to create change within the community because i've been a big proponent of we are in like the second golden age of competitive Fortnite right now and one of the big reasons is those two acorn and canada we have Mm -hmm. two of the best players streaming everything putting everything on youtube making content outside of that and we don't get to see that like in the past it was mongrel doing this like that yeah. was the name that was the guy we had tifu before that he was the guy that was streaming everything not only doing it but doing it at a high level and it takes a special person um to be able to one compete at a high level and two be able to entertain while competing like what kanata did this past fncs i think will be one of the most memorable pieces of competitive Fortnite. Mm-hmm. um yeah. So I'm just I'm really glad that they've stepped up to it. I'm glad that they have someone by their side that has been able to help them and I'm glad that you continue to take on the things that you've done. I know you say you keep screwing yourself over, but you're learning so much as a, a young man to be able to really strive later in life. So I I'm grateful that there's someone like you in the space. Uh so keep doing what you're doing. Is essentially what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. I appreciate that. And likewise, uh, last thing I'll say, North Carolina, full on perspective change for a lot of these pros. Um, Acorn, the moment, I didn't even work with them at this point, but there was this like little girl, I think she was like eight years old with her dad, like holding on to his like sleeve. And she was so scared. She was the sweetest little girl. I've Like so innocent. And she was like, her dad was like, excuse me, excuse me. Like, you remember that line outside like the player's tunnel? Um, it was like where the meet and greets were. And then there was like the curtain that separated like the, uh, where oh, monster yeah, yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so like the players came out after the event and like clicks was there. Cypher, all these guys were doing like, uh, their meet and greets. And this guy, like, or like big, like I'd say like 30 year old, like buff as hell, pushing all these guys out the way, just goes to Acor 
And he goes, are you Acorn? And he's like, yeah. He's like, oh, my, my little girl here, she's the biggest Acorn fan in the world. Aww. And I just saw, I just like, I, I almost cried. I was like, damn, bro. Like, I saw Acorn's eyes and he was like, like, I, I couldn't believe it. And like, a moment like that, like, it's so ingrained in your head. And, you know, you look at the stream numbers and you're like, oh, I only have, I only have 30 viewers. I only have 40 viewers. Those are 30 human beings that are putting in their time that have you, like, it's insane. So I think with Lance coming back, we're going to see a lot more. I'm praying, I'm praying my, my 2024 wish list, more third parties. This year we saw a lot with Red Bull and, and, and DreamHacks, but I hope they get more Epic supported and we see more both domestically because we didn't really see much uh, domestically yeah. here. But those moments and those experiences, the stage, the, the light shows, the crowd chanting and then the meet and greets the face-to-face -face after where it becomes real and not just behind the screen that just means the world and yeah i'm just hoping for more of this this next year i think we will um i don't see epic not continuing to support the competitive track whether it be mm -hmm. slightly different than what it was this year or they continue with this whole fncs into globals at the end of the year i mean i'd be cool with that that's like a pretty cool year-long process that leads to this awesome event that we all get to to watch and enjoy but a lot of the guys the past few years were robbed because of covid like the everyone yeah. that was the best during covid absolutely got robbed of like life-changing experiences because you got life-changing money but ultimately i don't think that it's the same at all to be able to to do this at home and you just you flip the camera off or not even the camera your pc and you're done yeah. playing and it's just yeah. Those experiences, those relationships that you build along the way, I, every other game has tons of community built around it. People show up to events, and it, it becomes more than just a video game. It becomes a, a place where you're going to see friends, going to hang out, and I, I hope to see the same as well. We can only cross our fingers and hope. Um, maybe you get us one of those brand deals and we could throw some tournaments together, my man. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much pretty much all i got for you i could talk to you for hours but I, I can't actually talk to you for hours i do have to go uh can do you have any final things in in your head before uh we wrap up no that's, that's basically it all right awesome so thank you so much man tell everyone where to find you and um oh wait one more question are you working with the mouse pad company because you have like you have tmc oh, yeah. in your name like yeah yeah the mouse pad company listen we've got big things planned um I've been, I'm not even gonna lie, I've been dropping the ball. Like we were in, we were traveling for three months. Like I haven't done anything yet, but this next six months, <laughs> uh, you're going to see a, a lot of cool, cool shit and content coming from us. But yeah, um, you can find me at twitter.com slash five zero T A R U N S 50 times and uh, Twitch, probably the best place twitch.tv slash 50. I'm OG. So, you know, 50 spelt out guys, not the, spelt out. the number yeah. 50. <laughs> um yeah awesome thank you so much man uh, good luck i hope to uh see you more in the future get to chat i hope whatever you do next is successful i imagine it will be and uh thank you everyone listening at home appreciate you